Welcome to another episode of Running Greenleaf. Today we're going through our fourth quarter review of our retail business. So we got myself, Josh, Andrew here today. We're going to dig into everything we bought, what we learned, and what we see going forward. So, all right, let's dig into it. First part is, uh, I think it's the favorite part of the quarter. Transaction volume. Distributions. Distributions. Distributions are always fun, especially when you're paying... Everybody. Yeah, so everything is everything's going out this quarter. Everything's paying. Every single property we have will pay this quarter. So yes, yeah. in, in so the we have portfolio. Fourteen deals. F- oh, 15. 15. 15 now that we're we're currently operating and yes. uh, everything making a distribution this quarter. Yes, yes. I, I remember early on in the days when we used to mail checks. We get stories from our investors that they would get this like big envelope in the mail with the printed statements and all the checks in it. Oh. And they basically would like, cut the bottom of the envelope, just shake it, and count how many checks fell on the floor. And that's how they would know it was a good quarter or not. So in the early days yourself. that I missed, you guys yeah, were actually exactly. cutting checks? Oh, yep. yeah. We were writing Physically checks writing and mailing inside. everything like out. Handwriting checks? Yeah, now we use the internet. <laughs> the, the, the interwebs? It's crazy. Yeah, but, like, so yeah, so all distributions, we send them out on the 20th. And uh, yeah, they'll hit a day or two day or two after that, but everything went out this quarter, so pretty solid quarter on the performance front. I think we should revisit the writing checks. No, I think... Uh, you sure? Yeah, no, I think that's a negative. All right. Just I think, think it's, it's going to get a, overruled by the... <laughs> if we had a chairman. <laughs> so, all right, so let's, uh, let's dig a little bit into uh, transaction volume and see kind of what we're seeing on the deal front. We did close some stuff here in the fourth quarter, but it also gives a good indication of what we're looking at uh, going forward and see what kind of deals we can get lined up. Well, so for uh, Q4, we closed three deals. We closed $1 general in our, in our new state. So we closed Florida. So this was our first, that was our new state for the year. So we've actually closed our first deal in Florida in Middleburg. And it was uh, just a run-of-the-mill standard dollar general. We, we love our dollar generals. It's in a, it's in a uh, Jacksonville suburb. <clears throat> Very good demographics as far as the dollar general is concerned. Very high traffic, uh, very high traffic foot count into yeah. the store. Yeah, so, I, I think that's important to realize. So, like demographics are different everywhere, but they're specific to the type of asset we're buying. We're looking for certain demographics for a Dollar General versus our other acquisition this quarter. Very different demographics. Yeah, like does Johns Creek have a have a Dollar General in it? It does. I'm, yeah, it does have a Dollar General. It does have a Dollar General? They're we need to look at the foot traffic of that. They're one. everywhere they're though. Everywhere. That's, well, there's no Dollar General in Dunwoody. I can tell you that. Maybe or Brookhaven. I don't think there's a Dollar General in Brookhaven or Dunwoody. Maybe they, oh, there's a, there's the, with the pop shelf thing, the new thing they yeah. opened. That's yeah. right down the street here, the new uh, pop shelf concept. Okay. It's a purple logo. So, yeah, so. Fun. Well, we learned about those. They opened like 250 of them. We should look up yeah, that Yeah, that's, that's their new concept. It's a fancy yeah, Dollar concept. General, essentially. But uh, we also closed on the, uh, the, the iconic hamburger brand. Uh, we closed on the, uh, the location, the two Vortex locations, the one in Midtown, Little Five Points. Yep. Most fun transaction we've had. We, we love going there and having the hamburgers. And so you and I are doing another um, uh, quadruple bypass burger, I believe. You get your weekly intake of calories from one meal. Yes, and Josh will you sit there. You get 10,000 calories in He'll, one meal. Josh will sit there and have his grilled chicken sandwich. I, I like gagged the whole time I'm watching this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that was, a lot, that was a fun transaction. We've closed, we're done. And uh, I had my first investor meeting there Saturday night with uh, one of our investors and he ordered a burger, and he was very excited about owning his 2% of the, of the real estate at the Vortex. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty cool brand, and it, yeah, iconic re- restaurant here in Atlanta, and, and just super fun to be at and go to. And he took his 23-year-old son with him, too, and um, so he, he got to show, hey, yeah. I own a little bit of this, and his son was 
didn't care for it, you know. <laughs> our operating partner there he you know that's really their their mo right really is buying iconic brands in, in the city, yeah. throughout the city and um building a portfolio of those um we signed a 15-year lease with us with the vortex 15-year lease with three percent three percent increases yes um yeah, it's, it's a, a solid great partner to have. Yeah, solid operator. We have a long-term lease, so we'll be there for a while, and and we're super excited about uh, what that's going to be. Yeah, and in the future, term. we're hoping to open up more vortex locations too, if, if the opportunity. Sort <laughs> but of, we're not the operator. Well, <laughs> help them open up more. Your, help them open up more. Vortex we we are hoping that all of the all of the franchises and operators we work with would like to open up more locations that we can that we can also purchase. Yes. So, yes, yes. yeah. So I mean, if we think about deal flow. Uh, you know, going into 2023 was, it was tighter overall. So that's no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, most of no the brokerage shops we talked to, you know, volume was down somewhere in the order of 70%. Most of that was driven by the increase, interest yeah. rate increases. Um, Which really hit the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, going forwards, you know, either stable interest rates or even, you know, there's talk of declining interest rates, but even stable interest rates, uh, we'll create buying opportunities versus rising. You know, stable versus rising. Stable is much better on the on the deal front, and 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 the deal front isn't always just like what's the cap rate. It's getting buyers and sellers to come to the table and be willing to transact, and that's a lot easier when you have a known economic environment versus one that's uh, that's turbulent or has different ups and downs into it or unknown. So, if we if we see a more stable interest rate environment in two thousand. 24, which sounds like where we're, we're headed, it should create uh, additional buying opportunities for us. Well, and remember, too, retail is, we try to make it as predictable as possible. And so the more predictable it is, the better decisions we can make and the easier it is to buy deals when we know something is going to sell, we're going to buy it at an X cap rate and sell it at a cap, X cap rate with a 15-year lease. And so if we have yeah. all those metrics already known and they're predictable, it's a lot easier to buy and a lot easier to sell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Going to the next one here, we talk about tax returns a little bit. You know, we're doing the fourth quarter wrap up. So part of something we're doing every end of quarter, at the end of the year, not at every end of quarter, end of the year is our tax returns. So our target with those, you know, we have wrapped up all of our financials. Obviously, I mean, we're sending out our quarterly reports, uh, but our goal is always to get our K-1s and that information out as fast as possible. And right now we expect to have that stuff out the end of February. End of February, so I can give my accountant all my information by the beginning of March. Your account, you know, your holding <laughs> company, you can get done by October 15th, but all of our K1s for LPs will be out gotcha. for the end of February. That's our target on that one. So, all right, another operating part that uh, we're always going through, we look at budgeting for the end of the year, we look at our projections going forwards, is we're trying to determine what are, are our rental rate escalations. For the retail side of the business, these are pretty baked into what the leases are. So of our uh, 15 operating locations, we have seven that had rental escalations this year, right? So we've got a few of the different franchise operators have built in annual escalations, and then some of them have escalations every five years. The Dollar Generals are more on the five-year trend, whereas our other locations are on individual uh, single-year trends. And a couple of them will have big rent bumps this year. So we'll have a 10% rent bump on uh, Applebee's Lithia Springs and then a 7.5% uh, rent bump on Applebee's Sumter this year, which is a, that's a every five-year rent bump versus an every-year smaller rent bump. Yeah, so those are less frequent but larger versus the annual 
bumps. Like Taco John's has a one and a half percent bump. The rest of these are between one and one and a quarter percent that we see on an annual basis, especially like our Zaxby's or IHOP, those are all 1% uh, jumps that we're seeing. And those, those are in 2024 that those happen, uh, some earlier than later, but we do have jumps each year. Yeah, and part of the buying opportunity is if we, were, if we buy a deal at, say, a six cap rate, but we know that rent bump is coming in the next 12, 24 months, and that rent bump will take it to, say, a seven and a half, eight cap rate, that's, that's part of the buying opportunity that we're looking for, that maybe there's an impatient seller that needs to, needs to sell a deal for whatever reason. It could be a life event. It could be you know, a divorce. It could be whatever, um, that we can buy that deal at, say, a lower cap rate, and then in the next 12, 24 months, get that rent bump and put us in a much better position. Yeah. Right, so we could, we could essentially make, uh, if we sell at the same cap rate, we're essentially still making money because the rent bump is higher. Exactly. Or the rent, yeah. rent will be higher when we sell. And a lot of that, too, is like our hold strategies looking at retail. As we hold deals and, and the rents are increasing, you're selling at the same cap rate, but it's a higher value. Yes. Yeah, but part right. of the predictability part of the business. So that's why we like to be, yeah. get to be predictable. So, all right, we want to talk a little bit about uh, leverage and debt and kind of what we're seeing right now. It's, it's been something that's always kind of on the docket each quarter or every time we're doing a, a retail update is looking at uh, the impacts of debt. It, it's highly influential, especially in the retail space because we have, you know, we're tying fixed debt to fixed leases for a longer period of time. And that spread uh, is critical in determining what our investment returns are. So I, I guess let, let, first let's just go through loans we have coming due in 2024. Oh, we'll start with that. 2024, there's only one. It's good news. So we have Applebee Seneca coming up, and Applebee Seneca just went through an automatic five-year uh, uh, update. So it's got another five-year lease on it. But that's a good debt rate. a good example of a deal. You know, just what you were saying, Joshua. The rent bump happened. So even if we're selling it at the value. same cap rate, yeah, instant value. Yeah, we're getting you know we're getting value, and and there it's only happening once every five years. So you kind of got to time your your acquisition. If you buy that six months into it, you know, you're going to have four and a half years left before the next rental rate bump. You buy it in the middle of it. It's all timing uh, on how that transaction uh, works and what your investment returns would be. But our, our purpose going into that deal was knowing we're going to have this rental rate bump in the future, knowing that we have a valuation gain and then seeing, does it make sense to capitalize on that by selling it? Or does it make sense to capitalize on that by refinancing it? And, and Seneca has been a remarkable deal just from the start. Anyway, I think uh, someone estimated that we've actually paid 9% distributions. So that's a pretty good paying overall deal. Yeah. 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 So it's done pretty well. Um, all right. Let's What's dive next? into the next part. We, I mean, we talked a little bit on our acquisitions, but I think we, we should mention too, just like our deals where we look at higher rents versus lower rents. We get into kind of the, the operating details of what these retail deals look like. When you have higher rent uh, locations, it's typically an a operator that's performing really well, right? And they can afford to pay more because it's based on a percentage of rent. But then that makes it harder to replace that because you've got to find another, if something were to happen, you've got to find another high earning operator to take that space versus finding a low rent Operator, and if you find the high rent operator, don't forget that they're going to want a pretty heavy uh, TI package to actually to make it. If there's a turnover, right? To yeah, go if make there's it a turnover into, into yeah. a new brand. So if you want to convert a restaurant from a I don't know a uh, brand A to brand B, brand B is going to require that. Hey, I don't need to look like brand A, so I'm going to need a million or two million dollars in TI to make this restaurant look like yeah. we want it to look like. And, and they're going to ask us to pay for it too. But, I mean, that usually works if you get a 15, 15 or 20-year lease out of it. It generally works. Yeah. 
but yeah, you've got a, you know, you, you've got a, a different situation on tenant potential when you're going from a, always a high dollar rent per square foot to a lower one. And, and it's just, now it's just another factor that we're looking at as we underwrite our deals and determining you know, what's best for us and what's best for our investment uh, horizon. And you know, we love our dollar generals. Our dollar general are 10, they're, they're 10 to $15 rents. They're always very cheap. They're very, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever seen a dollar general that was actually retenanted because a dollar general just stays there. As long as the dollar general is remotely performing, they stay because they want to do a net increase. They don't want to do a net decrease. Yeah. In, in their yeah. And there's, I mean, there's this interesting too. We look at the dollar general renewals. What's the name of that, that organization? They've got an organization excess that comes space. out. Excess space that comes yeah. out and they kind of rebids all of their rent escalations. Right. So it's not that they're just guaranteed on, on some of these. They, it's kind of that business world of everything can be negotiated. So um, they're out there. They'll, re, they'll try and, and, and work through some of their renewals to see if they can lower their rents. Yeah, and, and honestly, I would say Dollar General does make it, there's, there's something on the table for both the tenant and the landlord. You know, ideally when you're negotiating with a, with a tenant, the tenant and the landlord need to get something out of it. If the negotiation is one-sided, it's just it typically just it's, it's yeah. a hard negotiation. And um, it's not a partnership anymore. It's just a, it's just a, I don't know what you would call it. You would, yeah, it's a one, just a one-sided. It's a one-sided, tra- you know, one, one-sided yeah. sort of conversation. And what, you know. so, so the terms, the negotiated terms, so on the tenant side, they have rent, TI, and length of, length of lease. And on our side, we really, have, we really have those levers and really just kind of balancing those back and forth to see what makes sense for both parties. And we're really looking, we're primarily looking at how do we get the most term because that drives the most value of the retail asset and that we're willing to give up a little bit of rent. We're willing to give up even some TI if they need it right? Um, to get the most term for us to drive the most value. Well, I think uh, as uh, Dave says, it's, it's just math at a certain yeah. point. So yeah. know, how, much can, how much TI do you want? How much can we sell for? And then we can kind of back up, okay, if we can sell for X, we know we could afford to give you this much TI or the rent will be this. And it's just really just an equation. And back to predictability, we, we have a good guess that we can sell within this 50-point cap range. And so if we know we can sell within that 50-point cap range, then we know exactly what an exit would look like. Okay, we want to go through uh, just some ideas of 2024 and what we're well, we, what our projections are and what do we think is going to happen or how many deals we think we're going to be able to find. Um, we've been talking a lot about our operating partnerships over the past couple quarters and months, and, and that's really our main source of high-quality deals that we're looking at, right? I mean, there's other stuff that's on the market, but like we said sellers have been very reluctant. We said down 70%, right? It's kind of where we're wrapping up right now. So to go find stuff is going to require us to... Uh, really do some digging in early 2024? Well, well, my guess is there's, there's just a pent-up number of owners who actually want to sell their properties now because the transaction volume didn't just decrease. People just held and, yeah. and postponed their sales. So you think we're going to see a spike? So, yeah, Where I mean, do you think it's going to go up? There's, there's got to be a spike because all of these sales were essentially postponed in 2023. And so there's going to be some sort of a fluctuation in 2024, which could arguably create a buying situation for us. If there's a big yeah. flood of properties on the market, in theory, it is a buying opportunity because it's a seller's, would that be called a seller's market? That would be called a buyer's market. Yeah, when, when sellers are selling, it's a buyer's market yeah. because there's too many sellers and, and fewer buyers. Yeah. Okay. 
That sounds good. Let's, uh, yeah, that well, sounds optimistic for our opportunities in 2024. So it's pretty cool. But all right. We just, we just need debt to go down just, you know, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Or people are willing to set a higher rate. Willing to sell at a higher cap rate. Higher cap dollars. rate, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah, as we look for those opportunities, we'll also look for operators that are looking to expand and grow their businesses that we can partner with. Um, there's, every year there's new brands coming out. There's existing brands that are expanding or contracting. And um, we're always kind of keeping our eye out to see what's the best ones to partner with. You, know, you guys went to the conference this year. You guys met, I don't know how many dozen brands. And almost all of them were looking at how do we find more operators to grow more locations. And, had, and those operators are saying, how do we find real estate partners to lease from? Yeah. Yeah. Dave discovered it's, Jersey Mike's at uh, I know. The places, <laughs> they're growing, Dana right? It's fantastic. Dana sell subs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of companies out there are looking to grow and, and expand, and, and we can be part of that, and that's what we're looking to be, by partnering with some of these operators. So yeah, that's our fourth quarter recap here. We're excited. 2023 was a very good year. Uh, all of our deals are making their distributions. We're excited about the opportunities that are coming up in 2024, and hopefully we have some new deals out there shortly that we can share with you. All right. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. For more tips on operating and investing in real estate, please check us out at greenleafmanagement.com or find us on YouTube and Spotify.